everybody. Welcome to Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. And this show is about, it's really four men by men talking about things from a man's perspective. And men are really good at sports, weather, and politics. And depending on when you hear this, there's something in the, in the news cycle that is going to be dominating it. It might fall in those categories of sports, weather, and politics. But we need to be able to have conversations about even bigger things. And the bigger things we have in mind is who you are as God's design and whether or not you are walking with the person of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and fulfilling your destiny truly as a man walking with God. So that being said, we want to tell stories that God has written in men's lives from a man's perspective or also just talk about just characteristics, principles that just want to point us in the right direction. So today's topic is definitely a story that comes right out of almost Hollywood, meaning if you started had if you had to write a country music song and you said, "Okay, I'm going to I'm going to start writing the the this uh, a sad song." Boy, this would start off with you're born, you get put up for adoption, the people who adopt you, now the mama leaves you, and now you're being raised by your grandma. That's a whole that's a country song right there. <laughs> So, but thankfully you hear the laughter of the gentleman who has gone through that and he's, he's got some tears, but at the same time, he knows the work that God has done in his life and has turned that around and and written a story that only God could write. You know, Chad, uh, Paul, the apostle writes, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. And, and Robert, when I met you for the first time, I'm going, I, I told Chad, I go, Chad, we have got to get this guy on the radio. <laughs> so, Robert McKenzie, it is fantastic to have you on the radio. Thank you, and, and I, I love the opportunity to be here, and I love the intro about a country music story because my birth name was Eddie Ray Royal. So I, when I was adopted, I was given a new name. Now, reading in the Bible, I'm okay with that now. Lots of new names have been given out over the years. But with a name like Eddie Ray Royal, I was either going to be a country music star or a WWE wrestler. So, <laughs> And you look like both. <laughs> <laughs> Truth be told. <laughs> yeah, uh, listeners, uh, I, I inter- uh, Chad, I just introduced Robert. We, we went and had lunch together, and I introduced um, – to a couple couple guys from church, and I said, guess how much this guy uh, bench presses? And they're looking at you, and they go, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the first time we met, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this dude. Um, uh, you know, listeners, if you can bench press 500 pounds, uh, uh, you can bench press more than Chad and me. I can uh, bench press 500. It takes me a month to do it, though. <laughs> I got to <laughs> spread that out a little bit. But before we get into all that weightlifting and uh, your whole story, uh, Robert, let's talk a little about uh, Chad uh, introduced and said you you have, a, you know, obviously we all have biological parents, but you weren't with them very long. No, not at all. I don't have any memories of them. Uh, I only have a few memories of being in foster care and then being adopted. You know, you start remembering a lot more when you're three and a half, four years old. And, and so really it's from that time on that I remember. So, um, your mom, your biological mom and dad, uh, had you and realized it's, they couldn't handle you. They they needed to move on. You needed to move to somebody else. 
Yeah, it would take a long time to go through that segment uh, because if you take the Hatfields and the McCoys, that would have been kind of the equivalent of both sides of the family in Oklahoma. If you've ever heard the term wrong side of the tracks, both families were from the wrong side of the tracks and people from the wrong side of the tracks that don't go around that family, right? So it was, it was pretty rough. Uh, there were 12 siblings on my mom's side, 14 on my dad's side. They were not together. They never married. Um most all of them were incarcerated by the time they were 18 years old. So God pulled me out of that. Wow. These are your birth, your birth parents. Yes. Okay. And, and, and so then you went, you were in the foster system for about how long? I think my understanding is at about 12 months, 12 to 18 months. And, and you're in that system. Were you just with one set of family or was there multiple families? It was different families. Uh, I, I have just glimpses of memories from being with different families uh, and then fortunately was adopted at four. Four years old, you're adopted by your adopted parents, but not long after that, what happened? About a year later, um, my mother picks up and leaves. She runs off and leaves my dad, and so my dad takes me to uh, his mom's, my grandmother's, and they they help raise me over the next couple of three years before my dad remarries. And and then you uh, talk, you have a half-brother? Is that right? I do have a half-brother on my mom's side of the family. Um, I have five half-sisters on my dad's side of the family and two half-brothers. <laughs> Chad, you got all that? I'm trying to, but not keeping up too well. But just keep going. We'll, we'll figure it out. And uh, what, what do, you, do you remember when your mom, your adopted mom, left? Oh, yeah. What was that all about? What was going on in your heart and mind as a little boy? Well, I just know that the the mom that adopted me, that I felt like I was loved and I felt like I was going to be a part of this new family. And, you know, they spoiled you, uh, you know, whenever they first get you. It was, I remember <laughs> the ponies, going back to the country story, uh, having ponies and having gifts and all that stuff. And then she was just gone. And it was devastating because the the family unit that I thought I had was gone. And then, and, and you didn't see her for how long? I didn't see her until um, right after I graduated high school. She asked if she could come to my high school graduation. Uh, and I said, I'm not quite there yet, not comfortable with it, but let's look to develop a relationship, you know, after I graduate. And, and what happened? We did. Um, I was able to meet up with her and understand the story and, and, I can only say that God is the, is the one that worked in me early on that just said, forgive others and don't, don't hold grudges. Don't hold those things against other people because you don't know. There's always two sides to every story. What I didn't know then when I was four years old is my dad that adopted me was a, a very good man, but was a functional, you know, kind of functioning alcoholic. And she left because of that. Uh, and probably some other things. And, and uh, so I didn't judge her for that. And she came back into my life and really became the mother that I never knew. And, 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 and how long did that last? That lasted until she passed away um, on Valentine's Day in 1997. And you loved her yeah. and connected deeply, deeply. with her. That's, uh, that's a beautiful thing. For not seeing your mom for what would you say, about four, 13? Yeah, yeah, for about... 13, 14 years. You don't see your mom. No. But then you get reunited. Mm-hmm. 
You know, um, that's what were you going to say? My dad passed away, unfortunately, when I was just 20 years old. I joined the military when I was 20, and, and actually, Dad said, I'm not sure you'll make it till you're 21, because I was kind of a wild kid coming out of high school. Uh, joined the military at 20, come back from basic training in AIT, and shortly after that, he passed away. So I'd lost him when I was pretty young, and she was just entering in my life about that 19, 20 years old uh, range, and, and uh, it was a blessing. Wow. You came to faith in Christ, I think you told me, what, at around 13? I was 13. Yeah, I would, uh, I would go to, the, uh, go to a little local church, a farm church uh, out in the country uh, with some good friends of mine. I called them the foster parents uh, because that was their names. The fosters, Mike and Mark Foster, were good friends of mine, and I'd go to church with them. And, and uh, you know, the more we went to church and you know, we'd hear the Word of God, and, and they'd been saved and baptized, and I just remember one night, with them, just my ha- uh, stepbrother Matt and myself were outside hanging out around the car in the country, and we were talking about our faith, and and we said, you know, we wanted that in our lives, and so not long after that, we were we were baptized, and and then from then on, you just walked closely with Jesus, and it was a bliss from there on out. Yeah, it was perfect for about the next. Uh, you know, three years <laughs> until I got wheels, until I got transportation and kind of went out in the world and <laughs> did what a lot of people do. Um, and, you know, I certainly didn't stay strong in my faith. Stum- stumbled around. And uh, wh- what happened right after high school? So after high school, I went to work. Um, I did a couple of jobs. Um, one was actually in Kentucky, interesting enough. Um, I wanted to become uh, a salesman, so I learned to um, – sell life insurance for a company in Lexington called Kentucky Central Life. At the time, they were around there. And I passed the agent's test, flew out here, got to stay in the same hotel where UK plays basketball and went to a conference. Did that for about a year, and it just, there lots of reasons that it didn't work, but I, I went to work in the oil fields after that and did that for about a year and a half. And if you've ever done that kind of work, you're out in the elements all day and night, and it's not the greatest in the world. And there was one day with oil kind of pouring down on me and the oil rig, I was like, there's got to be a better life. So I joined the military then at 20. 20 years old, joined the military, and uh, uh, how long were you in the military? I was six years active duty, and then the other 17 was Garden Reserve. So I retired in 2005 uh, after coming back from a deployment in Operation Iraqi Freedom. Uh, in 2003. We're going to talk a little bit more about that, but we're going to take a break. So we're going to take a break. I'm lost in the details of this story. I'm not, I'm not even paying attention at the time here, but uh, we're going to take a break, hear more. You think, could there be any more to the story? Well, we've got three more segments. Come back and we'll, we'll, we'll tell you more about it here on Solid Step Trip. Ellen and Credit Union has been around the Louisville, Kentuckyana area for decades. They can help you with every financial need that you have, whether it's personal, commercial, you need a home loan, car loan, Ellen and Credit Union can take care of you and all of your financial needs. Bright Star Home Care, if you have someone that you love and care for that needs in-home care, whether they need one visit a week or they need 24-7 care, Bright Star Home Care is your very first contact to start that process and find out what's best for you and your loved one. We also want to thank podloo.com. That's Louisville Podcast Studios. If you want to do a professional-sounding 
podcast or video cast, you want to look and sound great, Louisville Podcast Studios is your contact. Go to podlu.com. That's P-O-D-L-O-U.com. So our last segment, we were talking to a gentleman who's had a whole lot of life happen in his first 20 years. If you missed it, go back to listen to the first segment. So, Robert, uh, you, you, you just introduced this concept of, you know, you went into the military. What, what drew you to the military? I, I knew I was lost working out there in New Old Fields, and I knew that I just wanted a better life. I knew I needed discipline because I was wild. Uh, I, I mean, just being honest. And so I actually I went to the recruiters, and it seemed like the Marine recruiter was always hanging out with the Navy recruiter, and nobody was around. So I, I went to the Army guy and uh, signed up. I didn't like the idea of being out on a boat for six months out of the year, so I joined the Army. And and then you, you, you said you were – in the active, active duty. duty for how long? For six years. Six years. Then you flipped into the reserves for how, how long? For a total of 17 years um, after that six years uh, with the Guard and Reserve. So those are two different kinds of forces. You've got the National Guard, which is a state agency, and the reserves, which is federal. Got it. Um, but, yeah, I spent the remaining, so a total of 23 years. 23 years. And uh, just want to say a huge thank you. Oh, it's my honor. Really. I mean, every time I see military guys and ladies, I say thank you because we have our freedom because of you guys. And uh, and just real briefly, because we're going to talk with you later down the road, but just real quickly, you served um, and went over to uh, Iraq and the Kuwaiti border, and you served over there. Right. In 2003, in September 2003, I got the call. I was in battalion headquarters as the executive officer. So I was a, a major, the XO of the battalion. All of our units were already deployed into Iraq or Afghanistan. And so as a headquarters company, we were then deployed over in the border of Iraq and Kuwait. And we spent a year uh, running a base camp, uh, or as I'd like to say, the world's largest bed and breakfast. Uh, we, we served the units that came in there for that next 11 months. So imagine a brigade size element, 12,000 troops coming in with all their stuff and they reconstitute on their equipment. You're there to fix them, fuel them, feed them, and then push them forward into the battlefield. And that's your job. Seven days a week, 24 seven. Uh, what you told me, how many, they were shipping in, trucking in, uh, how much water every day? Oh, you'd end up sometimes with almost a million gallons of water a day. When you think about uh, washing down all your rigs and showering, 15,000 people and all of that kind of stuff. It's just crazy the amount of logistics. And, and, and you on. were uh, you were the champion of logistics. I was. I was the, the deputy commander of the base camp and also what's called the senior uh, contracting officer's representative, which meant these contractors that were there providing the services, the tents. So you've got a city two square miles out in the middle of the desert uh, surrounded by Constantino wire to keep the bad guys out. And maybe even the good guys from getting out too. I don't know, but so you you're out there in the middle of the desert, and you're having to take care of all these with tents and and generators and air conditioner units, and that's all contracted, and then you hold them to the standard. That's amazing, Chad. Can you imagine that? No, I that that's a like you said seven day a week job. You know, I think that's part of the military. We always think guns and 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 tanks and helicopters, but the people who have to what did you say the four Fs feed them. What Fix they? them, fuel them, and then move them forward into the battlefield. Uh, uh, the, 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 the army of people 
who have to get the army moving is just uh, it's uh, it's amazing. We're going to talk more about that down the road. I want to jump into um, uh, you. You have been married multiple times. Yes. Talk about that because I, uh, some of our listeners, I think many times we think when we get married and then you know marriage fails, and then we get married and a marriage fails, um, that we can't be used by God. And I, I, I want listeners, I hope you will hear a man who has stumbled and gotten back up and stumbled and gotten back up, and God is using you in significant ways. Um, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But talk about just your family life and marriage and what happened. Well, obviously, early on in my life, I didn't put God first and foremost in my life. It was trying to prove the world wrong because of how I was raised. You know, I was I was raised in, in foster care and then adoption and kind of a kind of a mess, you know, if you will, growing up through life. And so I wanted to prove the world wrong, that I wasn't gonna be just the average kid. I was gonna make it, I was gonna be somebody. And so I was set out on that mission. And I didn't put marriage first, I didn't put God first. And so I got married early on when I was about twenty five, had a wonderful son. Five years later I left that marriage fall by the wayside, uh, was, was not faithful, was focused more on business, was not focused on God or family, uh, then remarried. And, and in that first marriage, we did uh, have church. We did stay involved in church. But I just went. I, I was going through the motions. I was checking the box. I wasn't putting God first in my life, and that was clear, certainly clear to me t- today. Then remarried a, a year or so later, stayed married for some 17 years, um, but the only time I stepped in a church would have been during weddings or funerals. Mm. I never attended church again. Uh, and so it just drifted away and was not, not even really in my conscious realm to be involved. And you had no children in the second marriage. That's true. That's correct. Okay. And then, and then the third marriage. Yeah. I went through, um, a divorce in late 2012 and 2013 was really lived in Southwest Missouri, rough part of my life. I just focused on my job. Uh, on on eating, sleeping, working, and working out, and um, um, did that for about a year. And met uh, a friend from from work who used to work with Leggett. Come back to work for us. She was an incredible person. I worked with her back in the early two thousands before I got deployed for the war. An incredible human being, very bright, and uh, we connected and, and reconnected, and we thought we might be a thing. So. Uh, long story short, we started dating and, uh, uh, we've been married for coming up on nine years now. <laughs> the coolest thing about her story is she said, I'm willing to give this thing a try, but you've got to go to church. And I went, well, that's easy. You're beautiful. I can, <laughs> I can do this. I have one hour on Sunday. You are really pretty. Yeah. And I think I'd like to go to church with you. Yeah, you just tell me where. Chad, didn't, that was kind of you, dude, wasn't it? It always starts with a girl. Every good story starts with a girl. Right? Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, and you guys have been married now nine years. Yeah. And um, she has a couple children. Yes. From uh, a previous marriage. She does. So, our daughter, Ashton, who's 25, and she has, um, she's happily married and now has the second child on the way. Uh, we love our, our granddaughter, Eleanor. We got to have breakfast with her this morning. And then Jackson is 21, still lives in the basement, uh, about to get his degree from Western Kentucky. And I think he'll move out sometime in his 40th birthday. Uh, <laughs> no, he, 
I think he's going to get married <laughs> the next year or so. He's engaged. He's an amazing young guy. And then my oldest, uh, Aaron, lives in Kansas. He's 36. Oh, that's uh, that's so cool. I, I So anyway, you, you got a, a godly wife, third time around. God um, brought you together. You, you really started... You, uh, rededicated your heart and your life. Oh, absolutely. When you really fell in love with Mandy. Yeah, and it was a small church in here in Kentucky, uh near in Grayson County and we just went to and this this pastor that I went to, I, I watched what God did with a former addict and turn him into a godly man. And that was the pastor. He was he was destined for death if he continued down his path. And I, I just saw how God was using him and thought God might be able to use me too. And it just wrecked my world. How, how long did you really think that God could never really use you? Probably from my 20s until about 9 or 10 years ago. Wow. You're 62 years of age right now. And just getting started. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so uh, you, you, you marry Mandy. And God starts to ramp things up for you guys. Oh man! What? 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 In in just a, uh, this minute before we take a break, share some of the couple of early things that God was opening doors for you and Mandy together. First of all, our relationship had been strong from the beginning because we put God first and, and foremost in it. And then it's just crazy things that were happening, things that I would have never thought about doing in my life before because I'm a conservative person. But we had a pastor come to us and said, man, I've been praying over this building. I'd like to start a church. And I'm like, why not? And we went out and, and spent significant money to buy a 17,000-square-foot building so we could start a church. That was back in 2017. And, and then it's just been one thing after another since. Yeah, uh, God has just continued to open doors, open doors. We'll unpack that in the next two seconds. So we'll take a break, come back, and hear more about Robert's story that God's still writing, not done with his story. And we'll hear more about it here on Solid Steps Radio. Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. Dr. Eric Veal has been a sponsor of our show since the beginning. If you need your teeth cleaned, overall dental health, Dr. Eric Veal can take care of you. He's got two locations in the Louisville area, one in Iroquois Park area, and then the other in eastern Jefferson County. That's Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. And Frank Enterprises, they are a professional septic tank, landscaping, and wastewater management company. If you have water outside your house that's not going where it's supposed to go, or you have septic tank issues or any landscaping needs, Frank Enterprises can take care of you. Their years of experience will come through, and you will be thankful you called them. So our last segment, we were talking to our guests about how the military was very poignant in his life but then all of a sudden after a couple failed marriages a woman comes in and now he's walking the path and didn't know he would be going to places that he's going to that god would take him it's amazing what a good looking godly woman can do <laughs> huh robert she is amazing <laughs> so uh, let's back up though be but before you met mandy you have always worked out Right. Yeah. Being in the military, you want to stay fit. You want to pass all the tests. But I got, I kind of got bit by the powerlifting bug. Um, 
1995, I had a little gym in Kansas where I lived, and I coached young young guys uh, on the football team. And one of them came back from a national-level powerlifting meet with a large trophy that he'd won, and he won the nationals as a novice. And he said, Mac, you can outlift a lot of those guys. You ought to start powerlifting. So that's when it started. So tell our listeners, you you, you just recently bench-pressed. You're 62 years old. You recently bench-pressed – was it 500 even? Yeah, I hit 507. That, that's been a year ago, but I hit it at a meet. And so there's the difference between doing it in the gym because you can kind of do a sloppy lift and get a – but to do it to a standard, um, uh, hit 507 at, in, a, in a national competition. <laughs> I'm just doing the math. That's that's uh, that's two, and a, two of me plus two and a half of me, basically. Two and a half of you. Yeah, so. Yeah, I, we we bench press these kinds of weights, don't we, Chad? Again, it takes me about a month, <laughs> but I could I could get five oh seven. Okay, so you did five oh seven bench press. You also do deadlift. Yes, deadlift, deadlift. That's one of the competitions. So it's quite if you're doing a full meet, it's bench, squat, and deadlift. So my best ever squat um, was six oh six and six oh five on on uh, deadlifts. So you add all of that up, you're you're running around seventeen hundred pounds of, um, you know, that's I mean, it's push getting near a ton, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, uh, you've been in national competition and you've got award after award after award. Talk talk to our listeners about that. Oh gosh, uh, but I mean, I know because I'm pulling this out of you you're you are not bragging about this it's just how god's gifted you and blessed you i do believe that's part of my mission because that's why we started a gym i've got a a 2,000 square foot gym in my backyard that i just you know focus on young people and and really want them to come in and know that they're loved on and give them technique and and a lot of these kids don't have mom or dad in their life or they're raised by grandmas and grandpas. So I know what that feels like. You know exactly and, what and that so feels like. And so we work with them and watch them get to a state competition and win or go to the nationals and win. It's just amazing. But but to, to your point, I've been able to get the records uh, in the Masters 1, which is 40 to 50-year-old, uh, 242 or 275-pound weight class, both of those. In the Masters 2 and the 275-pound weight class, the, uh, all the records. And this is nationally? Yes. And then uh, recently in the Masters 3, now that I'm over 60. Uh, so I'm, now I'm trying to lose a little weight and get down to 242 so I can get those records. And, and these are records that you have, uh, the poundage that you Yes, sir. And, and there's several federations, but the one that I lift in is called uh, NASA, Natural Athlete Strength Association. So they, they drug test, and they're pretty strict, and they're really a good organization. And so you know you've got pretty clean lifters that are going to be in there. I um I love how you take the pat you, because you've been doing this now thirty whatever about mm-hmm. almost thirty years. <clears throat> you you were taking this passion of gift of competition weightlifting, and you're you've also turned it into pouring into these kids. Oh, I got a couple of cool stories. For yeah, that. just a minute. Yeah. So a couple of the guys that were coming to the gym and my gym is I've got mantras up on the wall: lift each other up, be encouraging, always give a hundred percent. You know, never give up. Those are mantras. But on the doorway, on the way out, it's hashtag better. All I want them to do is to know that they've given 100% and that they're going to be a better them. And I said, if you do that, guys, you're going to get better in school. You're going to get better in sports. You're going to get better in life. If you do that and you put Christ in the front of your life, 
you're going to live your best possible life. So two of those young men, I've only preached a couple of times at the little church that we were involved in. And one of the times that I got a chance to preach was on Father's Day in 2019. And in that message that day, two of the guys gave their life to the Lord. Both of them are national record holders. It's just an amazing thing. Oh, that's, that's got to be just rewarding off the charts. Oh, it, it unbelievable. I mean, that gets you up every morning like, oh, my goodness. God, I get to be used by you to see life change in other people. Next two weeks, we baptized them and two others in our pool. That's so awesome. Talk to our listeners. You you you're, you also train. You told me at lunch you're helping train a 73-year-old lady. <laughs> Barbara is an incredible lady. She's very strong in her faith. She saw what we were doing, and she knew what our mission was, and we were down in Tennessee competing, and she came up and she said, can I be an honorary chain breaker? And I went, Absolutely. I mean, she is a national record holder, still competing today, still giving all the glory to God, and still getting better. She's asking me to help her in a meet coming up in November in Springfield, Ohio, and I said, absolutely, I will be there. So, And you said, I, I think you said that she's 73 years old, and she was like deadlifting what? It was like 275. <laughs> and Chad, she, could you do 275? No. <laughs> <laughs> And then you said uh, you've got a, a 16-year-old girl. Yeah, Emily just started with us. And so Emily and her brother, Zach, uh, are being raised by their grandparents. You, you see the trend? And so Grandpa said, hey, I want, I want this in their lives. And they started coming to our church. And so we started loving on them, started coaching them. And Zach wasn't able to go because he was going to spend some time with his dad. But Emily and Grandpa um, Bill got to go to their first meet with me two weeks ago and they both came home with first place trophies. Bill, Bill lifted three fifteen uh, on his third attempt because he wasn't sure what he could do. It looked like he was warming up and Emily got over 200 pounds in her deadlift and she weighs a buck 25 maybe. <laughs> and, and she's been lifting competing for three minutes. I mean, so she's got a ton of potential. Oh my golly. It's gotta be so rewarding to see these kids excel and win awards. But at the same time, you, you keep instilling in them. It's not just about this. There's something even greater than this. Oh, absolutely. I love you. Uh, you pray with them. Mm-hmm. You, 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 yeah, before every meet, we'll gather together as a group of chain breakers, and that's the name of our nonprofit, of our gym. And we'll pray and invite every other powerlifter in just just to pray with us, pray for safety, pray for strength, pray for courage, uh, just pray for everyone as we go forward for the meet. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, you also are doing something. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to shift gears here a little bit because you, you and your wife – are also not only are you doing ministry with all this weightlifting and competition, but you and your wife also do some stuff in the community. Talk to our listeners about the coffee thing that you guys are doing. Oh, the storehouse coffee shop. So it's in Grayson County, and it started in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, my wife came to me and her friend, coworker, and, and, and now partner Tina, and said, "We want to start a business." And I went, "Okay, cool." I said, okay, what is it? A coffee shop. And, and they didn't know anything more about coffee than how to order at Starbucks. But I was like, all right, I'll, I'll help support you, which meant I'll fund it. <laughs> and uh, they started the business July 29th in 2020. And from day one, they've been cash flow positive and blessed in the community. 
to the extent that they open a second location out on the on the parkway. Tell our listeners what they do every month. So every month, because of the scripture that came to mind, actually woke Tina up, her partner, in the middle of the night with Malachi 310. She had no idea. She like, is that a book of the Bible? Is it, What is it? And looked into it to understand it, to give back, right? To store up their treasures in the storehouse. So once a month, uh, they'll take one of their highest sales days and give half of the total sales into a nonprofit. It may be to the food shelter. It may be to a women's shelter. And so in the first full year of their business, they gave away nearly $20,000 back to the community. Can you believe that? Well, yes, because I hearing their story, how generous they are, but a lot of people can't fathom giving $20,000 away at people who make probably 10 times that kind of money. There's just, people are not as generous in giving as you would hope, you know, but hearing that, that's just. What, what amazes me is they take the, the largest sale of the, of the, that whatever day it is, the 14th of the month or whatever day that is on a Friday or whatever, and grab that, that number of total sales and it's not net. Right. It's the total sales. Yeah, I tried to remind them of that. You realize what you're doing, right? <laughs> because well, the fleshly side of me is like, that's a lot of cash. Uh, but it's been blessed. And it's been the right thing to do. And the community just loves on it. I had a friend of mine tell me once, I said, should you give on your net or your gross? He goes, do you want gross blessings or net blessings? And I went, I want gross blessings. Uh, there you go. I'll take the gross. <laughs> So we're going to take a break, come back for a fourth and final segment here on Solid Steps Radio. Hadley Sign Solutions. Owner Chris Hadley has 35 years experience in design, manufacturing, and the installation of commercial exterior electrical signage. He can help promote your business in Kentucky and Southern Indiana. Call him at 502-419-7228. That's 419-7228. Or you can email him at HadleySignSolutions at gmail.com. That's HadleySignSolutions. Dan Hart Financial, if you want to retire or want to talk about retirement, whether you're a year away or 20 years away, Dan Hart can sit down, come up with your plan that you uh, need to have, or talk about your plan that you have in place and see if it's a good fit. Dan Hart Financial. So if you missed our first three segments, you have missed a lot. Go to SoundCloud, iTunes, and just type in Solid Steps Radio. You're going to want to hear more of this great story from our uh, guest, Robert McKenzie. So, Chad, we, we've been talking about Robert bench pressing 500 pounds. and But that you just said, I did not know this, back in... 2012 was it right the day after i turned 50 right after you turned 50 how much did you bench press we were doing a uh, benefit meet for breast cancer awareness and i um, went to a, a gym in kansas and the guys had a two-ply shirt that's a different you know your equip bencher and it's terminology and so i'd never tried this shirt on before but i got it to fit it didn't work quite quite well enough but um, i hit 600 pounds that day in in that shirt i since we're talking about it, I just hit 625 in a multiply shirt two weeks ago uh, just because it's different gear. It's like a NASCAR, you know, it's it's all about the car and the driver. 
uh, and I bought a shirt recently to help a guy out. Um, and he came down and coached me, and I hit 625 in it, which would be a, an IPA world record. So it was a cool day. 625-pound bench. <laughs> My goal is seven. 700? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding? Your goal yeah. is 700? What's yeah. the record? The record right now in the Masters 3, 275 weight class, or no, 242 weight class, is 580-something, and I hit 625 in the gym. So I think I could break it pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listeners i asked him because i he's got a couple of tattoos and i said hey tell the story well in the in the break i said tell the story about the the the, the tattoos and he said well i i you know this this tattoo is i you know i bench press 600 pounds and i i won a, a an award i said what you, you want a tattoo <laughs> <laughs> And you won, and that was uh, that yeah. was one of the uh, awards. That's right. Oh my gosh, that's cool. You not only are helping guys, uh, young people, and the seventy-three-year-old lady who's uh, you're, you're helping train her, but you help men uh, work out and w- lift weights. But you really have a passion to help guys connect deeply with Christ. You, you shared an experience of a couple guys that you've been working with. Unpa- unpack that, will you please? Yeah, there, there are just there are so many because I'm working with men in recovery right now in retirement, but uh, and, and that's a, another segment, another time, uh, but I'm just loving that because when I see men in recovery and they're actively working a program, I, I see church. Mm-hmm. When I watch these men know that they can't do it on their own, and, and frankly, none of us can, right? Whether it's struggling with addiction or whether it's doing life, we can't do it without Christ. Um, but in this particular situation, you were talking about a, a young gentleman that um, that I've gotten to know, and he had lived a, a gay lifestyle for a number of years. Um, and um, a while back, a couple of years ago, he um, decided to get out of that lifestyle and, uh, rededicated his life to Christ. He comes to the gym, he trains, he works hard every day. I've now watched God do an amazing work in his life. And, and I've done very little. All I've done is try to do what I think Christ, uh, has asked us all to do is just love people. I mean, in the simplest terms of the gospel, it's love God, love people and share the good news. And I'm trying to do my part. Brother, you are doing your part because uh, I, I remember the first time that we met, and I'm like, I can I sense the spirit of God in you, and God is using you, and it's just so cool. Uh, you mentioned uh, that guy who was in the gay lifestyle, and he had a partner, and you're you're ministering to him. Yeah, we've we've reached out and we've remained friends, and and again, it's. I, look, if any church doesn't accept you, whoever you are, however you are, wherever you are, when you come in, then that's probably not a good church. Uh, in my way of, of looking at it is is God just asked us to love him and love people, period. Just love, period. If you do that, the, then the Holy Spirit will do its job and uh, his job. And watching the Holy Spirit go to work and that friend and the others, I've watched them walk away from that sinful lifestyle that they were in and rededicate their life to Christ and now pouring into the community, doing things that God has put on their heart to do. And it's not me. It's God. It, it is God working through us to make those things happen. Uh, it's been amazing to watch. That's so cool. Talk to our listeners about uh, you started something recently called Man Up Ministry. 
What is that? And tell our listeners. Yeah, a few of our churches in Grayson County, we actually got started because Ohio County had been doing it for many years. They've since shut it down, I think, but they had been going for many years. And I watched this. I went over and, and watched them do it in Ohio County. And you'd watch 175, 200 men get together from 20 churches or more, and they would just have food because guys love to eat and have great fellowship and great worship. And then somebody would give a testimony about how God had just wrecked their life in a good way. And I just thought, that's so cool. We need that in our community. And uh, so I got together with some other local church leaders, uh, and we were able to start it in Grayson County, and we've continued it to this day. I wish we had... Uh, that going on in every county in Kentucky. Uh, it is happening in Meade County and in Butler County. We've been able to help them get theirs started. Um, but God's doing some incredible work through those men up there. That's that's awesome. God's using an incredible guy like you. I, I, you're, an, you're an entrepreneur. <laughs> you know what? You're an entrepreneur for the kingdom. And I, I, just, I just love that. I, I've asked you, would you just speak into the guys right now who are listening? Um, those who have maybe fumbled the ball way too many times, um, just like we all have. Oh yeah. Speak into their hearts right now, will you please? Well, I got to tell you, uh, for for anyone out there listening, it is never too late, uh, and to never ever ever give up, because uh, God never give up on me, and and God will never give up on you, and it doesn't matter where you are in your journey. It, it's just that it's you fall down seven, get up eight. And we all need somebody in our life that's going to pour into us. So, you know, if if you don't have that Paul in your life, find him. If you don't, if you don't have a younger person that, uh, if you don't have a Timothy in your life, you need to find them. If you're further along in your faith, find that young man and pour into him. Uh, to me, that's what we're called to do as men: is stand up, stand in the gap, be courageous, uh, love God, love people. And share the good news of the gospel. And you are, man, you are, we're all broken. We all make mistakes, but don't ever give up. Jesus doesn't give up on us. He continues, he, he's the hound of heaven. <laughs> he, he comes after us and pursues us and longs to have us walk with him. Robert, uh, it has been an absolute blast. Uh, thanks so much for coming and uh, being on our show. And uh, I'd love to have you pray us out and pray for us guys that we would be, uh, we wouldn't get, we wouldn't give up. We wouldn't be quitters. We'd continue to pursue first, seek first the kingdom of God. Would you pray for us? I'll be happy to. And, and Chad, you may enjoy this because I'm going to go back to it. It just popped in my head a, a poem from somebody that that I read years ago, but it, it's fitting. Uh, and it's Zig Ziglar. And and that's the way we should uh, pursue our lives. So if you would pray with me. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that everyone would be just like, just like you, that that we seek you every day. The poem that come to mind was from a great godly man, Zig Ziglar, that said, when a job is first begun, leave it not until it's done. Be the task great or small, do it right or not at all. It's my prayer, God, for this group of men and a group of men that's listening that you recognize that it is never too late. You are never too far gone. You're never too broken. That we have a God that loves us, that will never give up on us, that wants the best for us. That each one of us that would get up every day, that we would do our best to follow him. God, I pray that you watch over these men and that you 
Holy Spirit would invade the hearts of the men in this community, that you would change lives forever. I pray all these things in your son's holy name. Amen. 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 Thanks so much, Robert. Really appreciate it. So I don't know if you really heard all this story, but I want to, it goes back to a baby that went through three homes before he could find someone who called him son. And a family neighbor took this man to church when he was 13 years old. And if you've listened to the whole show, could you imagine all the outreach that Robert is doing had that family not taken him to church? Everything you do can have a ripple effect. Every action you have, that neighborhood kid, that, that conversation with the coworker, it can lead to something. And Robert reminded me of a verse, consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work. Can you imagine if Robert had ever quit what he would have not seen? Persevere and continue in the faith. Thank you for listening to Solid Step Radio.